What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Thursday, so time to go over every game this week, talk about the running backs I'd be starting and sitting this week. As you all know, these are my thoughts and projections as of noon on Wednesday. Anything can happen after that, and there will be things that happen, news that comes out, injury concerns that pop up. All that will be reflected in the rankings and projections on my website, thefizicaladvice.com. So, Let's get things started off with the Thursday night game, Saints at Cardinals. This game has a 44 and a half point total, which, you know, by Thursday night football metrics uh, is going to be a shootout, but that's like an average game. Saints, one point road favorites. For the Saints, pretty easy. Always start Kamara. Don't touch any of the running backs. For the Cardinals, kind of depends on who's healthy. Daryl Williams will be out again. I don't think James Conner is going to play, but I don't believe he's been ruled out yet. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, just watch the inactives. Um, but again, my guess is that James Conner will sit one more week and then probably return after that. Eno did not do fantastic last week, but he still had 15 carries, three receptions, any running back that's going to get that level of workload, especially in a week that's got multiple teams on by them. We have four buys this week. That is running back to production at the very least. And so if Connor is out, I think you're going back to, you know, playing him again this week. If Connor is back, I would think they'd go back to using him as the primary back with, Eno on third downs, then mixing in a little bit on maybe early downs that they might also be passing on. So that would probably mute my interest in everyone. But again, I don't think he's going to play. And if he's out, you know, a strong play. This week, Browns at Ravens up next, 45 and a half point total. Ravens, six and a half point home favorites. For the Browns, always start Nick Chubb. And as per usual, Hunt's going to be like a fringe flex play. I don't like him as much as two weeks ago. Didn't like him very much last week. Definitely did not think, though, that he would only be getting five total opportunities. That was definitely the low end of his production probably not going to happen again it was also strange because it wasn't like he went down to like 10 snaps like he played pretty much the amount he normally does it was a trailing game script so you would think he'd get more work so I think that was more of a fluke I wouldn't read too much into that um, basically it's the same thing as always he's going to get around 10 to 11 carries around two to four targets he's probably going to get seven to nine fantasy points without scoring a touchdown. It's just, does he score a touchdown? This week, uh, that's going to rank him as running back 26 as a general gauge. Not someone you need to play, not someone I'm in love with, but if you have to play that at running back two, that's fine. There are worse plays at running back two. For the Ravens, I would probably bench all of the running backs. Yes, we saw Kenyon Drake go off last week, but he only had... 10 carries and like one target and it was really because Dobbins wasn't being used after halftime he had the knee tightened up a little bit for him the Browns are like a good matchup for running backs and their home favorites so it's a good spot but unless some sort of report comes out that says hey we are going to lean on Kenyon Drake or we're going to go back to using Dobbins like if something comes out that kind of solidifies the workload then maybe you could start doing that but Going into the week, neither one of them has enough bankable like volume for us to trust them. You could very easily start either one of them this week and see them get seven carries for 30 yards. And you're like, 
well, yeah, that maybe that was a little bit dumb playing them. So I don't think you should play them. Again, that could change if we get some sort of news, but right now we haven't gotten that. Falcons at Bengals is up next. Higher total. This is a, uh, well, it's a low total year. Just production across the board is down for like every single team. But this week in particular, we have one game with a 50-point total. So this game, even with you know only a 47.5-point total, is one of the higher total games of the week. Bengals, six-point home favorites. For the Falcons, this is the second most run-heavy team behind the Bears. And the Bengals are like a fairly average run defense. And so there's no expectation of them not going run heavy. Falcons are just going to run the ball. They're going to do what they normally do. Unfortunately, that means Algier and Huntley are going to split the workload, making both of them very low end running back twos. I say, you know, unfortunately here because it's like the volume is there. The offensive line has been playing great. It's a run first team. So you would think these guys would be valuable, but they combined for zero targets combined, both of them, in the last two weeks combined. So both running backs trailing two weeks have not gotten a target. So you need the one you start to score touchdown. And even then, they probably need, what, 60, 70 rushing yards on top of that to be worth the play if they're not going to have a single target. So again, bye weeks are here. Some players are injured. You could play them as low-end running back twos, but I would very much prefer to play neither of them. Then for the Bengals, you always have to play Joe Mixon. Uh, There is some signs of life recently. Five and a half yards per carry in each of the last, or at least over that, uh, in each of the last two weeks. Made it back to the end zone last week. So definitely disappointing production overall across the whole season, but he's a home favorite. It's a bottom five run defense. He's been playing better as of late. You're playing him. Next up, we've got probably my favorite game of the week. Not the highest total of the week, but my favorite one from like a viewership perspective and one we're probably going to stack in the Saturday video is Lions at Cowboys. 48.5 point total. Cowboys, seven point home favorites. That line has to indicate that betters are expecting Dak to return. For the Lions, they should be a lot healthier coming off of their bye, and that likely means DeAndre Swift is going to return. Dallas has a very, very strong run defense and just really defense overall. So this isn't a spot where we're like, you know, stack up the Lions because Dallas can't stop anyone. Like Dallas at home with this defense, that's not a good matchup. However, Swift is a must start every single week that he's healthy and the game environment overall is very, very good. There's close to a 0% chance that Dallas isn't going to move the ball in this game, isn't going to score, and that's going to force the Lions coming off of their bye to be aggressive. And I say coming off the bye because, you know, some teams come off the bye and we don't even care because they're like poorly coached teams with bad players and there's no upside. This is a very well coached team, a team that knows how to game plan, and a team that has explosive and really, really good playmakers. You're going to want players in this game. And so DeAndre Swift obviously must start. And I would say Jamal Williams, desperation player at running back two. Uh, most of you probably won't need to use him. But if you are desperate, you know, he's got a good chance of scoring a touchdown. I think I have it projected at like 50 to close to 60% chance of scoring. That's, you know, pretty solid. He's not going to have a ton of targets. He's not going to have probably more than like, I don't even know what my projection is, but then like the low double digits 
for carries, and so he's going to need that touchdown. But in this game environment, he has a good chance of scoring, and so it's like if you need it, you've got few pe- people on by. Don't like think it's the worst play in the world. For the Dallas side, their running backs have not been good <laughs> this season, but it's a dream spot. You're at home, high total game, great game environment. Your favorites, your quarterbacks coming back, and the opposing defense ranks 31st in rush defense DVOA, 30th in yards per carry allowed. I think you're starting both Zeke and Pollard this week as running back twos. Next up, we've got Packers at Commanders, low 41.5 point total. Packers, 5.5 point road favorites. Not what you would have expected to start the year, especially if someone would tell you in August that it would be Packers at Commanders, Commanders quarterback is injured, and their star, I guess not star wide receiver, but their, their first round rookie might not play as well you'd be like, how is it only five and a half points? That's how bad the Packers have been. Um, It's weird. They're like not using Aaron Jones. Like they're giving him touches, but I mean, he's their best skill player. You got to use him more in the receiving game and they just kind of refuse to do so. Um, But the Packers, like they've been bad. You know, it's not like some teams were like, oh, use your players, please. But they're winning, kind of like the Falcons. It's like, we're telling the Packers, please use your players. You're losing. You're doing poorly. Maybe if you use your best players, you'd be doing better. They've only beaten the Bears, the Bucks that had none of their like starting wide receivers active, and then the Patriots in overtime with their third string quarterback. Like this has not been a good Packers team, and so it's very difficult to have a lot of confidence in their running backs. So I have Aaron Jones ranked 16th. That's like a mid to high end running back too. I think you have to just play him every week. He quite literally has a 40 point ceiling. He's not going to hit that very often. And this year, it seems like the production is going to be very up and down. But I think you just have to play him because of how good he is and how much of a role he should have on the offense. And then Dylan's on running back 27 right now. That could drop a little bit. And I'll tell you this. I have Dylan in two leagues. One of those leagues has two running backs and then also two flex spots and have like three or four players on by. And I checked and he is still going to be on my bench this week. So not a big fan of Dylan right now. For the Commanders, we have, I guess, a slightly difficult situation to figure out. So, like, it's a good matchup. Not that, like, they're going to score a billion points. It's a low total game and they're underdogs. But it is a winnable game with how bad the Packers have played. And the Packers are best attacked on the ground. So, if they're going to find success, it's likely going to be with the running backs. The problem is figuring out the split. I was very confident last week that Robinson would be the lead early down and goal line back. And that's what we got. 17 carries, has the touchdown, very clearly used in that role. But he's got basically like a zero target projection. So that hurts. And it's not like he was that good on the ground. Now, he was obviously, you know, coming back was his first game, like, or actually, I guess it was his second game. His first start, first time they were actually giving him like a, a quality workload. So maybe he starts to get better, but like obviously, you know, he didn't like run away with the job last week. My initial projections have them all in the like mid to low 30s with uh, McKissick obviously being the one that you kind of throw to the side right now. But I'll acknowledge that like the projections are tough because like if maybe they look at the game last week and it's like, I mean, Antonio Gibson was the best running back in the game last week. If they look at that and they give him more work, that's going to come at the expense of Robinson, 
but likely won't be enough because like they're still going to use Robinson at the goal line in short yardage, and they're still going to use him on early downs because it goes still steal receptions. And so it's like a very gross situation. I sort of want to see it for one more week, but maybe a report will come out that they're still behind Robinson or that they are moving a little bit towards Gibson. But like, I think we need to see a report because right now I would prefer to not play any of them. Bucks at Panthers is up next. This game has an even lower 40 and a half point total. Bucks five point road favorites. The Bucks always play Leonard Fournette. And Rashad White is like, I would say a fine desperation play in deeper formats, right? Ideally, if you have everyone healthy and no one on by, you are not playing Rashad White in any format, any league size. Like that's the ideal scenario. But with a few really good teams on by and a few good players being injured, it's like, if you have to, you have to use him as a fill-in. It's not the worst play in the world. He's running back 34 right now. He'll get a few receptions. He'll have a chance of scoring a touchdown. There is a chance that the Bucks, like I know the spread's not crazy, but like there's a chance the Bucks just annihilate the Panthers. And if that happens, you could see a few touchdown opportunities. For White, again, not a good play, but not the worst play. For the Panthers, always for McCaffrey. Uh, hopefully he gets traded soon. And then if he does, hopefully they also trade DJ Moore and just completely tank. I don't even want to know what that offense will look like if that ends up happening. But, I mean, let's be honest. not going to do anything this year. They should. They probably should just trade both these players, get a billion picks. Until that happens, like, obviously play McCaffrey. But, you know, the ceiling is tough when they're only running, like, I think it's like 53 plays per game. Like, he's been amazing this season. So good on a per-touch basis. If they were playing like a league average number of plays, he'd be smashing. They just can't run any plays because they can't do anything. Giants at Jaguars is up next. 42-point total. Jaguars, three-point home favorites. The Giants always start Saquon. For the Jaguars, right now, ETN's been running back 20. Robinson at 28. I talked about this backfield yesterday in like the trade video. But again, I think they slowly start to shift more and more work to ETN. It is not going to all of a sudden be ETN getting 90% of the snaps. That'll never happen. And it's not going to all come at once. It's probably going to come very slowly throughout the year. But I think it's going to keep going towards ETN. And if that's the shift, and ETN's been way better than Robinson, I really don't want to play Robinson. I think ETN is totally fine to play and running back to in any scoring format. Next up, we've got the Colts at the Titans 43 and a half point total Titans two and a half point road favorites coming off their bye, And what do you know? Another easy one to break down. Assuming Jonathan Taylor is back, play him, bench everyone else, and then always start Derrick Henry. If Taylor isn't back, it depends on who's active, who's playing between Hines, Deion Jackson. What are the reports about the split between those two? Dion played great, but then he suffers the injury. Hines probably going to return this week. Again, I think Taylor, though, is going to be active, is going to play, in which case don't play any of the other running backs, but I suppose it depends, and I'll adjust the rankings. The 4 o'clock games kick off with Texans at Raiders, two teams playing each other coming off of their bye, 45.5-point total Raiders, 7-point home favorites. The Texans, Damian Pierce has now... Over 76% of the Texans' total team carries, including 13 of 14 inside the red zone, all five inside the five-yard line. He's also up to a 9% target share on the season, way higher than a lot of people were projecting. And he's a rookie coming off of his bye week. Like, he's a must-start 
as a running back one. Any running back could bust, but the volume projection for him is really, really solid. Then for the Raiders, Jacobs has been incredible this season. He now has 80% of the team's backfield carries, actually just like total team carries, and a 10% target share. He's been awesome, just like Pierce. He is a must-play this week. Jets at Broncos is up next. This game is tied with, of course, the Monday night game. Has the lowest total games of the week. Only 39.5 points. Broncos, 1.5 point home favorites. Which means, if this game were to be played at a neutral field, so not home for the Jets or Broncos, just a neutral setting, that the Jets would be favorites in that game. Because it's only 1.5. Home is usually worth about 3. And especially Denver is usually worth, you know, on the higher end of 3. So that is crazy that the Jets effectively are being graded out as the better team this week. Wow. For the Jets, Brees Hall has already proven to be one of the best running backs in the NFL. Uh, He's going to be, you know, probably a top five to seven running back rest of season. I think I have him fifth in the rest of season rankings. Must start in any matchup. For the Broncos, we've got a gross three-man committee, uh, which actually became a two-man committee in the second half last week. Unfortunately, uh, Latavius could not score a touchdown. We hit on his rushing over, but the touchdown did not come. And, you know, we, that's kind of what I was thinking when I posted the bet was like Melvin Gordon could get benched in that game. And I honestly think that like it sounds weird, but I think Latavius is the better running back. And at the very least, I think there's a chance they use him just because Gordon's had all these fumbling issues and he hasn't been all that good anyways. And so if it's even close, Latavius has two career fumbles in over 1,500 career touches. Like they know, and he's also... He stays incredibly healthy. So he's a running back that's very durable, that's not going to fumble, and who's been playing better than Gordon. Like, it makes sense that they're benching Gordon. Now, I don't know if that's going to continue. Nathaniel Hackett's never been one to make sense very often. But you have to think that, like, Gordon didn't do anything last week to think you had to play him. I don't know what's going to happen, though. And so my preference is to not play any of them. If you had to, though, I would probably play Latavius over Gordon. But again, how do you trust that backfield? How do you trust that offense? Like, if they're going to rotate three running backs, and we don't even really know who's going to be lead back between Gordon and Murray, like, I just don't see how he could play any of them. Next up, Chiefs at 49ers, 48.5 point total, Chiefs three-point road favorites. For the Chiefs, Clyde is the only running back you can really consider starting, and it's really just as a low-end running back, too. San Fran ranks first in both rush defense DVOA and yards per carry allowed, and given the close spread, there's definitely a chance that KC is trailing in this game. Now, I'm not saying they're going to lose, but it's a three-point spread. You could easily see two or three quarters where they're at least even or trailing or it's a very close game and they're not really leaning on Clyde. And if Clyde has one game with double-digit carries, only an 8% target share in the season, coming off zero targets last week, they're going to rotate other running backs in. Like, he has to score. He has to score a touchdown to be worth it. And again, this is like the most difficult spot on the road against the strongest run defense in the NFL. Like, it's not a good spot. If you can, I would bench him. For the 49ers... Really depends on the reports throughout the week. Tyrion Davis-Price was active last week, but he was coming off the injury. He only played one snap. 
If any reports come out that he's going to get more run this week, they want to mix him in, that's terrible news for Wilson. Like, if all of Coleman, Wilson, Davis Price are all mixing in, it's a gross three-man committee on a team that doesn't throw to running backs in a spot that's not fantastic. Like, the Chiefs still have uh, a very solid run defense. They're like a good defense overall. We're looking at this 49ers team thinking they're probably going to be trailing, like, I mean, I'll reserve my final judgment for if that, like any of those reports come out on Davis Price, but if there's anything that indicates he's going to get more of a workload, I mean, we saw the floor last week for Wilson in a game where they're not winning. And that last week was against, you know, a beautiful matchup. They were favorites. They were playing an awful run defense. It's a more difficult run defense this week. They're not favorites. Like Wilson's another player. Like if he doesn't score, you're not going to be pleased with the production. I prefer to bench him. Final four o'clock game is going to be one of the better matchups of the week. Um, not a super close spread, but hey, you know, it's the only game over a 50 point total. I believe it's a 51 or 51 and a half, depends on where you're looking. Chargers, six and a half point home favorites right now. For the Seahawks, always start Kenneth Walker, especially against a struggling Chargers run defense. They are best attacked on the ground. Seattle wants to use their explosive rookie. He looked phenomenal last week. You're absolutely playing Kenneth Walker this week. For the Chargers, always start Austin Eckler, especially against a struggling Seahawks defense that is best attacked however you please. They can't stop anything. You want to throw to the running backs. You want to give it to them. You want to throw to wide receivers, tight ends. Who cares? It is a good matchup for anyone against Seattle. You're playing a lot of Chargers players, but definitely Eckler. The Sunday night game is going to be Steelers at Dolphins, 44.5 point total, Dolphins 7 point home favorites. For the Steelers, it's really just Najee or Bust. He finally scored again last week, but even with the touchdown, he only scored 13 full PPR points. Now, he did play 69% of the offensive snaps. He did out-touch Warren 16-2, so it could be much worse They could actually be mixing Warren in for like four, five, six touches every single week, and that would crater Najee's value, and that could still come. So if you have an opportunity to sell him right now, definitely take it, but right now, I think you're still playing him as running back too. That's where he's grading out, even with you know the offense being bad, being road underdogs, the target share not being there, like taking all that into account. Still with the buys this week with the other players that aren't that great. He's still low end running back too. And I still want to stash Jalen Warren because I think right now he's honestly better than Najee. And if he ever gets the opportunity, he'll be good. For the Dolphins, Mostert continues to operate as their lead back, getting between like 60 and 70% of the snaps every week, around that like 15 to 18 opportunities every week. The Steelers defense, you know, obviously they lost Watt, and so that's going to hurt, but they've definitely underperformed so far this season. Miami is at home. They're touchdown favorites. Their quarterback's likely returning this week. Like, it's a really good spot for Mostert. I think you are playing him as like a mid-range running back too, and Edmonds, most people can cut. At this point, he's only a handcuff. The Monday night game is going to be Bears at Patriots. Low, 39.5 point total. Patriots, 8 point home favorites, meaning the Bears are projected to score less than 16 points. It is a very bad spot for the Bears. 
However, they are apparently going with a hot hand approach, which is honestly like the worst for fantasy, but it's at least good for us because we've been on Khalil Herbert and it's a good thing for the backup, right? If you have the starter, you hate that news because it means there's a chance they're not the starter in the future. If you have the backup, you know, worst case, they remain the backup. Best case, they become the starter. So I stand by my take. I think Herbert is a better running back than Montgomery. I think there's a chance down the line he's a starting running back. He's the one I'd want to trade for. But this week, it's a brutal matchup in New England. Big time road underdogs. It's just not a good spot. I would prefer to bench both of them, especially because we just don't know exactly what they're going to do with the backfield. But again, hopefully, honestly, it's like a 50-50 split, but that neither of them do all that great, and you can just trade for Herbert next week. Now, I think you should be trading for him now, but again, the hope is there's some sort of indication it's like they are actually going to give him a workload, and he does bad in this bad spot, but we trade for him next week. Then for the Patriots... I'm expecting Damian Harris to be out another week. And if he is inactive, then Stevenson is yet again a top five running back play this week. Again, big time home favorite. He'd be getting virtually all the touches, huge goal line opportunities, huge touch expectation. Like you are obviously playing him this week. So those are my thoughts on every backfield this week. I will update the rankings and projections throughout the week to reflect any news and any injuries that occur. So you've had any other questions, please refer to those on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. I'll be back tomorrow to go over wide receiver starts and sits, and then Friday to go over my favorite plays of the week. That, my friends, is into this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, how about hitting the like button, and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.